Welcome to the Design of You podcast. My name is Leah. I'm a human design expert, spirituality coach, wellness guru, and manifestation powerhouse. My podcast is here to educate, inspire, and uplevel your life. I love sharing with you the ins and outs of the human design system in a practical, empowering, and embodied way. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Design of You. Today's episode is with the beautiful Brittley Ann Williams, who is the owner of Divine Your Life, and and she is a podcast host herself. I actually had her, or I had her, I was on her podcast, and Brittley is just absolutely incredible. She is one of those people that you just meet, and she's so contagious and vibrant and just radiant inside and out. Brittley and I met actually back in April. I was a co-host alongside her at a one-day retreat in LA, and uh, we just met, and she hosted the most amazing breathwork session where we got to really just for, it was almost like an hour long of just breathing, and I I talk a little bit about it with her when we we start chatting, but it was amazing, and afterwards, we were just on the side chatting back and forth, and we just knew that we needed to be in each other's lives in some capacity, and so now we've been in a group chat. I've been on her podcast. Now she's on mine. This was recorded back in June, so I, I pre-recorded quite a few episodes, and then I'm doing these intros a little bit later just to give some updates on where I'm at in my life, and uh, yeah, she is just an incredible human being, and she does work with somatic therapy and breath work and she's a life coach and she's just a beautiful being, um, so radiant. And I feel like so many of the people that I bring on the pod, everyone I bring on the podcast, in fact, is such an embodiment of what they do. And and she's really, you know, just another amazing person that is the embodiment of everything that she does. And I love just witnessing her and her transformations and where she's going in life and how much she follows her heart. And so you guys are just really in for a treat to hear her talk a lot about somatic therapy and relationships and the way our body speaks to us and trauma in the body and all that stuff. So if that is something that you're interested in, and even if you're not interested in it, I seriously think you should stick around because it's an incredible one to just, just to hear. Before we dive in, I wanted to just give you guys a few updates on what's happening at The Design of You. So I am just about wrapping up here with Human Design Mastery, which I know if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard a little bit about. If you haven't, I teach a human design course uh, to become a human design reader or just to master your design, master the design of you, if you will. Uh, It's called Human Design Mastery. And basically, this program is... Well, the way that I've been teaching it has been as a group program, and it has been amazing. It's been six weeks, It's or will be six weeks long by the time we end it, which will be next week, and it has been extensive, but also just amazing. The group of girls that has come together has just been so cool to witness their growth, to get to know them, to watch them already start to share and teach human design, and it's just been so much fun to be able to be a teacher and actually step into this role that... At first, when I stepped into being a teacher, I was like, okay, I don't know if this is for me. And and now it's so clear that this is exactly where I'm meant to be. And why I'm sharing this is because I am going to be offering HDM as a self-paced course. And I am going to link down below the waitlist for that self-paced course so that you can 
have the chance to join us as soon as it goes live. So what I've been doing is as I've been working in this live container, I've been really kind of figuring out, okay, like what's the best way to share this information? What do people like? What do they not like? What do they want more of? What questions do people have? And I've been really refining this curriculum that I actually put together last year when I taught uh, in I taught human design in a one-on-one container. I've morphed it for this group container and added more things, but even more so now that I've been moving through it for the past almost six weeks, I've been morphing it even further into something even greater. And I really feel like this self-paced course is going to be one of the most incredible human design courses that exists that's out there in the most affordable price. So I would love to have you guys uh, to be a part of it. And so if that sounds like something you're interested in, join the waitlist down below. And something to know is that once you join this waitlist, you will also be granted access to live versions of this course in the future. So I plan to do another live version of this in January and I may do different timelines. So the one that I've been doing right now is two calls uh, for six weeks. So 12 calls total. I may break it out into perhaps like one call every week. So 12 weeks I may do once a month. So every 12 months or or every month for a year, essentially. So I'm going to do play around with different timelines with this program, but I would love to have you. So I have the waitlist listed down below. And if that sounds like something you want to be a part of, then join us in human design mastery for the future. In the meantime, let's dive in with Britley talking all things body, somatic healing and breath work. All right, everyone. I'm here with Brittany Williams, and she is so excited to be on our podcast today because we have so much fun content to share with you on somatic work, breath work, and all things just health and wellness. And tell us everything about you, the work that you do, and um, just all the things. Heck yeah, everything. So we're going to be here a while. Just kidding. Um, I'll dive into my story a little bit. First and foremost, I am so pumped to be here. I know the audience that you cultivate are such high achievers and just empowered, probably mostly women, but I'm sure that there's some males in the mix too. And this podcast is going to be for both. Because- mostly just Sander, my partner, but <laughs> yeah. <Hey. laughs> but it is, it's for everybody, right? Subconscious reprogramming, being able to extract the limitations that keep us stuck in a day and move towards liberation and the life that we desire is for everybody. It's for the high end entrepreneur. It's for the nurse, it's for the mom, it's for everybody. So I'm super excited to jam on this today and a little bit of context, of course, of how I got into this work. I like to start around 2020 when the whole world <laughs> went into crisis <laughs> and we all had transformation, right? We all had seriously. Um, prior to that, I was doing real estate for seven years. And then I coupled that with pharmaceutical sales. So I was a psychopath. I was doing like two super demanding entrepreneurial occupations and I was killing it, right? Like on the outside, I was making seven figures. At that point, I was uh, living in a house with a partner and a puppy. We were on our way towards an engagement and just living the American dream. Like on the outside in, I was getting so much praise for the lifestyle that I had created, but all the while on the inside, like melting, like melting, like just so unhappy and so frustrated with why I wasn't content, even though I quote unquote had it all right. So that was really the most pivotal time in my life. I found myself at the height of an eating disorder, which made a lot of sense because I was chronically stressed and disconnected from my intuition, like overriding it 
in every way, every day in order to keep up with this projection of success that the world had defined for me, right? And so all the while overriding the system, staying with the job, pushing through, trying to figure out why I was so unhappy, what was wrong with me and ended up, like I said, at the height of this eating disorder and looking at myself in the mirror, I'll profoundly never forget this moment. Like what has happened? How did we get here? And in that moment, I decided the first thing was to do was to probably admit this issue, right? So I first took it to my partner and then took it to my parents. And as amazing and as beautiful as they were in that moment, nobody really knew what to do with that information, right? Like they were like, well, honey, you're beautiful. Just eat less or honey, you know, like there was no real <laughs> real support in that. Like, why so are you I, an eating disorder? Like, why don't you look great? Yeah. Oh, honey, <laughs> no big I'm deal. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm no scientist, but I'm pretty sure that's the worst thing you could say to yeah. me right now. So we went into a whole introspective space and was like, okay, I'm going to have to deal with this on my own, which of course is not true, right? But in that time and space, I was kind of determined on doing the research on healing myself. So that looks like a lot of podcasts, a lot of books. I did eventually hire on a cognitive behavioral therapist, which is just like the traditional therapist. And, you know, it's funny because I went into our first session and I was like, hey, my name's Brittley Williams. I have an eating disorder. I have avoidant attachment, probably because my dad is an alcoholic and he left me at a young age. And I was like, I was just going on and on and on. And she kind of looked at me with a blank stare like, I don't really know what to do with you because you have a lot of awareness, right? Because at this point, all I had been doing was yeah. researching and understanding myself. So I brought to her all this cognitive awareness, which just felt like a noise at the time. Cause I'm like, great, I know what I should be doing, but yeah, I have no way of integrating this. Mm. And, you know, she really didn't help me that much. And that's not to say that therapy isn't helpful. Please, please, please hear me on that. It was just in the state that I was in in life. And maybe it was that particular therapist, but just all circumstances combined, I didn't find it to be the thing that was going to move me forward at that time. And I was starting to get curious, like, okay, if not that, then what? Right. And I really think God showed me and I stumbled upon my first somatic coaching session, which soma means of the body. So these coaching sessions go beyond the cognitive ping pong of the brain and into the body. Right. Mm -hmm. So now we're working on these subconscious layers, these parts of us that derive 95% of our actions, thoughts, behaviors, all of the things. And we're working on these spots and places that we can't actually just see from the human eye or our conscious state, right? We have to actually go into, we have to kind of pull up some of that stored trauma and memory in the body that we don't love to go to because we fear that it's going to bring up a lot of emotion, which of course it is. But when we liberate it, it's liberated, right? Mm-hmm. And we started doing things like deep meditations, breath work, tapping, all of the somatic tools that are kind of coming back up to surface today because they are so powerful. Mm-hmm. And in that container, I kind of discovered something. I was like, maybe I'm not the problem. Maybe I'm just not where I'm supposed to be. Maybe I have in wow. fact been fighting up against my intuition for so long that I can't do it anymore. There's nothing to push up against. Maybe I need to just move backwards. And I need to start taking things away and getting back to the remembrance of my essence of who I am and what I want and what I desire beyond what everyone else has told me that I've wanted for so many years. So long story short, I bought a Subaru. I packed it full. I moved to Denver, a city I had been to once and knew nobody. And I was on this big quarter life crisis, my mom would call it. But for me, it was the most expansive, beautiful journey of this lifetime. And it was stepping away from everything I'd known. And where were you living before Denver? Austin, Texas. That's oh, where okay. Okay. Now. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. I was going to say, cause yes. you're in Austin now. So then, okay. Very cool. Yeah. So just packed up and I grew up here, right? So a lot of trauma, a lot of memories, a lot of great memories too, but For a sure. lot of, a lot of the trauma. 
So I uprooted and moved and I was just liberated, right? There's something about taking yourself out of the container that you've outgrown and placing yourself into a brand new space. It's like a blank slate. You can essentially create your life in any way that you want. And that's exactly what I did. I cultivated and called in all new friends. Um, I went on a deep healing journey. I was kind of a student for two years. I really allowed myself to play. I got certified in trauma-informed coaching and breathwork and a bunch of other beautiful modalities that really were geared towards my healing. And now I've made a career out of, and it's my life's purpose and passion. And I just continue to grow into and help others through, you know, it was my first breathwork session that I can say truly was the catalyst to my recovery and that eating disorder, because even through the somatic therapies, I was recovering slowly, but that breathwork session, what it did was I felt this connection between my mind and body that I had never felt before. And the way that I describe it every time is like my mind and body put their weapons down. And they looked up at each other and they were like, oh, shit, we're on the same team. We've been fighting this whole time and we're on the same team. It was like the silliest, like most freeing moment of my life of like, wow, we've really been so at war with each other. And the whole time we were just trying to work together to protect and keep you safe and keep you alive. Right. And when I had that deep compassion kind of come over me, I figured there's no way that I can't go out and now spread this message to everybody I know. Mm. And that's really, you know, how we met. We were at a retreat back in April and Brittley did the most amazing breathwork session for this group of like 50 plus women. And I mean, I know what you mean because I've only done breathwork that intentionally a few times in my life. It's not something I've fully gone, you know, deep down into really any somatic work. I haven't done a lot of exploration other than human design, which does have somatic pieces to it. But um, really in that session, I remember feeling, you know, similarly to what you just described, like, you know, we're, we're one, our body and our spirit are all connected, but there's something so powerful about your breath really just just breathing deeply and, and releasing because and a lot of people who experience anxiety probably understand this, but we go through so much like heaviness, but also tightness just inside of our bodies and our breath is such a beautiful way to release that. And so I know that I get really anxious when I go to, you know, big events like that. And, and I'm a social person for sure. But like I, at that event, particularly, I was teaching a human design workshop. So And I think I taught mine after you. So it was later in the day, but it was so beautiful to have your session before that because I was so relaxed after you walking us through that. And I think people were, you know, crying and shaking and, you know, there was so much, you know, healing that was just happening. And I had two friends with me and, you know, they really had transformations through that experience too. So, I mean, the work that you're doing, it's, and and that we're both doing really in this wellness space is so needed. And, and I think people, don't understand. Oh, okay. Breath work. We're just breathing or somatic work. You're dancing or, you know, people don't really understand it, but until you actually experience this type of work at like a cellular level, you understand why people, you know, leave their lives and their careers and so much to step into this place because it allows you to like, you have a moment where you're like, I want to teach everyone this. And I want everyone to experience this transformation, this healing that I did just from breathing from the tool that I have you know, inside my body all the time. Right. It's so cool. And and so much of what you said was just reminding me of so many things. Like, you know, the first part when you were sharing about, you know, I was, you know, engaged or, you know, you had this sort of life planned out for you that was so perfect on paper. And 
you know, that's really conditioning where it's like everyone around you is like, oh my God, what a beautiful life that you've created and yada, yada, yada. And conditioning is a huge thing that we talk about in human design. Basically, it's like, you know, the conditioning that gets us away from our true self and human design is one of the ways that we can decondition. So that was really just so prominent to hear you just talk about that because that's such a beautiful example of conditioning. And then um, and then the deconditioning process and and just how cool it is that you really stepped into this blank slate and you had the permission inside yourself to go, okay, I need to make a change and I'm going to now, you know, make these changes and I'm going to start all over. And um, something else that came up too, when you're talking kind of firing on all cylinders at the moment was that I just recently saw, I think it was like a TikTok and it was a it was like a therapist describing different people who go to therapy. And she basically did this little like bit on like, OK, the person that comes in and like, you know, doesn't want to be there. And then like then she described kind of like a type A personality where you go into therapy with literally like a spreadsheet and all of your problems and everything that you've done. And it makes me laugh because I am just like you where like every time I've gone to therapy and I'm, I'm like with you and therapy being incredibly important, but and I do want to talk about at some point the kind of um, subconscious reprogramming and, you know, somatic work that got you at a different place where, you know, that was maybe more helpful than therapy in, in that moment. I want to talk about that for sure. But I'm like you where when I went to therapy, I've been to therapy millions of times in my life. Um, but one of the times like recently that I've gone is like, I'm like you, I come in with a spreadsheet and I'm like, okay, look, you know what? I'm like, mom's an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm like, you know, these are the issues I that I have. Really- I've had anxiety. Sometimes I can't sleep. I overwork. Like I'm an overachiever and I don't know what to do with all this. I have lots of self-awareness, but can't really regulate any of it. So um, I'd love to talk about, so just kind of that experience of going into therapy and then how you really, that wasn't as supportive for you in that moment because you really needed some of this more somatic work. So talk about like that whole process because I'm super Mm -hmm. interested. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. By the way, I love the deconditioning. I'm going to steal that because that is exactly the work we're doing. And human design is such a huge tool for that. And your reflections for the event. Thank you, babe. That was such a divine moment to not only, of course, meet you, but just to also walk through with the most empowered women in that space. So mm-hmm. yeah, subconscious reprogramming, something that I love to talk about and the soma piece, right? The somatic piece. So we do this work all the time. We are always listening and consuming information. In fact, by the time we're done with this podcast, there will be 8 million more bits of information out on the internet. So it's not a lack of information we need. Of course, self-awareness has its place. The more we know, the more the wiser we become, the more we can add tools to our toolbox. But here's the thing. We get so consumed with consuming. We get so integrated in an information and an awareness that it actually can create more noise. So for me, I was over processing everything, right? I would have a rupture with my partner and I was like, hold on, let's figure out what inner parts are alive and online right now. Let's go in and figure out what the real meaning is. And while that is really beautiful and it's a really great starting place until we begin to integrate these awarenesses, they do become so noisy, right? And in fact, the more that I've done this work, the more that I come to the simple truth that it's actually a lot less about more information and a lot more about remembering and coming back to the simplicity, to the core of who we are, right? I made a reel the other day that's like, imagine our thoughts like fish swimming around in a fishbowl, but the our essence, our true essence is that water, 
that space between that like loving consciousness that holds the thoughts, right? And if you can imagine you put 10 fish at a time in the fishbowl, the fishbowl gets really chaotic. The water starts to pour out and then you have more fish than water, right? And eventually, I don't know what happens. The fish die, I guess. It's a really morbid image, but if you can visualize it this way, we create less space for ourselves, right? So the more thoughts we have and the more we add to these thoughts without taking the time to really get into that spaciousness, that consciousness, that nothingness, then we're really robbing ourselves of learning who we are at our core essence and what it is that we desire. So the Soma piece creates more water, like in the best, most simple ways, right? So for me, it was breath work because I, at the time, quote unquote, couldn't meditate. In fact, I couldn't even think about it. I was like, you want me to sit down for 10 silent minutes? That sounds miserable, especially (laughs) coming out of an eating disorder. It's really hard to sit with yourself when you don't really love yourself yet. Right. So there was, again, all these pieces of self-love, self-awareness that had to come into place. But breath work for me under the umbrella of meditation was kind of this quote unquote proactive practice to where I'm actually using the breath. I'm having to kind of think because I was addicted to my thoughts at that time and I needed that piece. Right. But what it did over time is it became began to just completely alchemize the body. I started to, to feel, because right now you made a great point at the beginning when you said, like, we all walk around with such tightness and tension. Like right now, babes, wherever you are, just like stop for just like 20 seconds because I know you're doing the dishes and walking the dog and like driving to work and all the things. But if you could just feel into your body, like you can feel that subtle tense tightness, right? Yeah. Please, like, 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 like rolling your shoulders. Like, I like, need oh. to... I have such bad shoulder pain and I just had a massage last week and she was like, oh my gosh, you have so much tension. And I'm like, I think I'm just like this all the time, you know, like, yeah, calm down. I mean, it's, it's like, of course, in the obvious, like upper neck and shoulders, but it's just like, it's in your, in your solar plexus, it's in your heart. It's in like, Mm -hmm. it's in your kneecap. I mean, it's everywhere. Right. So we're just walking around holding this, holding this, holding this. And if we don't have the ability and tools to liberate it, we just compile and continue to push and, and push through, which really makes more energy conform in those areas until we found ourselves a manifested physical pain somewhere in the body, right? Or in the form of cancer or other things, because I don't want to get all in that, but I do think that our bodies are, are direct manifestations of the energy that goes untreated in the body. So, yeah. so when I just started to grasp all of these things and like the fact that my eating disorder was actually a byproduct of this chronic disconnect for me and myself and my intuition and my younger parts that love me so much and needed attention, but I just refused to give it to them. Mm-hmm. It changed the way that I wanted to consume information and really made me want to just lean into getting to know my body again. Yeah. Like be wisest mechanism, wiser than our computers, wiser than our smartphones, our unique, beautiful blueprint that is equipped and innate to know exactly what we need and when we need it. And that is the driving force that should that should rule over all the research and all the noise. Yeah. And I truly believe that. Yeah. And I fully believe that too. And, you know, I know you're not, you know, very versed in human design other than probably, you know, what most people know, like their type and profile and things like that. And you do have one of my guidebooks. So you have kind of all this information, but what's not included in those guidebooks and what I don't see a lot of people talking about, including myself, I don't talk about this often because I guess it can be controversial, but in human design, actually all of the, all of the centers are a part of the body. So like the throat center is the throat, the, you know, uh, sacral is your sex organs Um, And then, you know, so on and so forth. So basically all of these areas control different parts of our body, our immune system, our spleen, our 
you know, our mind. And so it's so interesting for me because when I look at a body graph, you know, I'm not someone who's, you know, a certified health coach. I actually really would like to get into that at some point. But, you know, I look at someone's chart and where I see that they're open, I can tell where they are prone to conditioning and how we get out of conditioning in human design is through our strategy and authority. But I can see in a chart, okay, this person is, you know, could be prone to conditioning here. And I can see, you know, what body part that is related to. And it's always very interesting to me to see someone who has a disease or has something that manifests, you know, health related. And I'll look at their chart and I'm like, it's very interesting to see where that came through. You know, personal experience for me is I, you know, this is kind of opposite because I have a defined sacral, but you can also be, you know, conditioned in areas that you do have lots of energy. You could overwork those areas. And I actually overworked my sacral at one point and had something come up. Um, health related. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but, and so basically it's really cool because you can see in the body through our human design, all these different things. And then what's even cooler is that each of the gates in our human design, which are essentially just the numbers within the body graph, they all um, equal up to a different um, kind of system inside of our body. And then there's a deeper layer that gets into like the amino acids and the um, like literally the chemicals underneath all of that within your human design chart. So it's very cool to, you know, just hear you talk about that. And I feel like I do this with every guest on my show because they're telling me about their modality and I'm like, it's all related to human design too. Um, I mean, that's just how my brain works, but it's really cool to hear you talk about that because yeah, like it's so much in our body. And I talk all the time about how, you know, in human design, like we can tell when we're in or out of alignment through something called our signature and not self theme. And so for you as a manifesting generator, your um, signature and not self-theme. So your signature theme is the sign that you're in alignment. You're working with your body at satisfaction and fulfillment and joy and pleasure. And so, so much of what you were saying earlier was like, you know, I was living this life that like everyone was like, it looks great, but you were so unfulfilled and not satisfied. And you probably were feeling what our not self-theme is or what yours is as a manifesting generator. If you're a generator, it's the same, um, which is frustration. And so I always say when that frustration, if you're not self-theme starts to build up, just to give everyone insight. So if you're a generator, manifesting generator, it's going to be frustration. If you're a projector, it's anger, it's sorry, bitterness. If you're a manifester, it's anger. If you're a reflector, it's disappointment. If you let those feelings sit there for so long, it starts to manifest into something greater, depression, anxiety. And then perhaps looking at your chart, it's going to put all of that in a vulnerable state. And so the areas that where you're opening your chart, you may all of a sudden be prone to, you know, health conditions. And I think so many people they want there to be this clear picture of why something happens in their body, like why we gain weight, why we, um, you know, get cancer and things like that. And again, you know, disclaimer here, I am not a medical professional, so take what I say lightly. But if you're of the spiritual world and this feels resonant for you, what I personally believe is that when we're out of alignment for so long and in those places, we have so much that can happen to our bodies and manifest into something bigger, as you're saying, like disease. And it's such an emotional thing. And so, you know, a lot of times when I see people, I don't see people personally, like this isn't what I do with like weight issues and, and stuff. It's like, you have to uncover things emotionally. You have to do some breath work. You have to get to that place in a very, um, you know, somewhat of a holistic way a lot of times because it isn't going to be just diet and exercise or it's not just going to be, you know, because we'll see someone all the time. Oh my God, the healthiest person I know who like works out five days a week and, you know, eats so great. Like she got cancer. And it's like, well, maybe there was something like a trauma that she was holding on to. I just lo would love for you to talk more about that because I am like obsessed with this kind of 
work and this these um, conversations. I just think it's a very new paradigm and what we're moving towards. Oh, I love that. And again, yeah, I don't want to go into any expertise that I'm not equipped to talk about, right? So like as far as holding certain things in the body and how that can manifest is a little bit above what I, I do. I typically go into, you know, where is the trauma in the body and how can we liberate it? But as far mm-hmm. as like the manifestation of the energy and the chemical release in the body and the scientific fact behind like what happens and how that can fester into a physical reality, like something that I'm researching. So don't love to yeah. talk on anything, of course, but But I think you just said it, love, which is, you know, if we really and truly believe that everything is energy, which everything is energy, what you're sitting on right now is made up of molecules of energy, right? And everything that we are made up of, therefore, is also energetic. Then, of course, when we take in a trauma, because our bodies are like these really beautiful, intricate file cabinets to every stored memory, trauma, emotion, everything in our life, right? So if we're storing these things in our body and they become unprocessed in a way that we ignore them, dissociate avoid all of the suppress all of the ways and when it's trying to get our attention and trying to do its natural thing, which is to liberate and to move, then of course we can imagine that that energy gets stuffed, pushed down and then cultivated and it, what we resist persists, right? And it expands. Mm-hmm. I always love to say like, think about a kid in a grocery store who wants the toy and throws the tantrum. And the mom's like, stop doing that, honey. You're embarrassing me. Pull it together. But what really, what really that kid is doing is so intelligent is it's having an emotion and then it wants to liberate and release that emotion. It wants to show out and express that emotion fully so that the emotion can move through the body. Now, are there healthier ways to do that than a tantrum? Of course. But as a kid, we don't know what we're doing the intelligent thing to do. So when we're told, hey, honey, don't do that. You're embarrassing me. Stop. Push that emotion in and down to your feet until you can't feel it anymore and keep walking alongside mom, then we become conditioned to think, oh, feeling expression is bad. It's shameful. It's embarrassing. So I therefore can't express. So I have to take that emotion, shove it in, push it down. And of course that's going to manifest. It's going to manifest in big ruptures later on. It's going to manifest in you being disconnected to your needs and collapsing every time they come on because you are never able to actually fully liberate and feel them. Right. So in order to feel better, we have to be better feelers, but we don't know how to feel. We don't know how to feel. We don't know what to do when a huge wave of sadness comes on, right? We allow ourselves to cry. Hopefully some of us don't. Some of us watch TV and Netflix or go out and get a drink, like whatever your vice is, we all have one. But really what that emotion is wanting you to do is to sit and to stop what you're doing and to give it the attention that it is desiring to get. Hardly ever do we give it that attention, right? But if I were to sit with sadness as it came up, because it's so intelligent in the timing it comes up to. And not when we're like, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time right now. I'm getting ready, right? But when the body suggests and is speaking that it wants to come up and process something, if we could take the time to actually acknowledge that emotion and sit with it. I'll give you an example. I was in Hawaii last week and anger came up. And anger is a rare one for me. And I'm really amazing at processing through different emotions. But anger is one specifically that I'm still learning how to best liberate within myself because anger was the one in my family we didn't show. Mm-hmm. It was emotionally immature. It was erratic. It was uncalled for. It was ugly on a girl. It was everything you could ever think, right? So for me, anger is one that I, I really don't direct towards partners. I don't really bring up in friendships. I've avoided confrontation for a long time. So when I started to feel anger in my body and then also in the most beautiful state in the entire world in Hawaii on the blue ocean beach, the old version of me wanted to be like, not right now. What is wrong with you? Like, stop it. We are at the beach. Look up, like, like put it away, (laughs) you know, like do not ruin this for me right now. 
But the evolved version of me that knows better was like, interesting. There's like angst in my solar plexus. I feel it bubbling and I know it's here for a reason. And I looked at my best friend and I was like, hey, give me five minutes. And of course, all my friends are like, baby, take 10. I'll be over here. And I feel this emotion and I'm, I'm, I'm getting curious with this anger. I'm not judging it. I have no motivation. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm just like, hey, where is this in the body? Took a few deep breaths, grounded into the moment, kind of allowed myself to just soar like an airplane around my body, right? And find this baseline where I felt this anger in my gut. Kind of got curious about it again. I ended up finding out exactly where it was coming from. It was a trigger that had happened two days before that I hadn't dealt with then. So this anger is suppressing and manifesting in the body. I got very clear on where it was from. I even went back to the 14-year-old version of me that experienced it for the first time. What I did then is I went and I met that 14-year-old right where she was on the bathroom floor. I'll never forget it in my home in Austin that I grew up in. And I said, hey, baby girl, I feel you. I know you're mad. And guess what? You have every right to be mad. That was so effed up of them. (laughs) So not okay. And that betrayal you're feeling and that disrespect that you're feeling and all of those feelings that 14-year-old me didn't get support in. She just had to shut up and pick her pants up and feel. I met her there. We dealt with it. I held her. I felt into it. I allowed myself to go to the places and to feel the emotion. And then guess what? It started to liberate. And then guess what? I started to forgive the person who caused the anger. And then guess what? I was liberated and free. And about 20 minutes later, I looked up at the beach and feeling light as a feather with, with compassion and love in my heart that had taken place of the anger that I would have otherwise suppressed and ignored because I wanted to have a good time and it wasn't timely for me or whatever. Right. And yeah. That that event literally just occurred. So I wasn't going to go there and I hope it wasn't too much, but that is a perfect example of like yeah. the why in the road, right? Of like, well, I want to be comfortable because all human behavior is, is the, the, the desire to stay comfortable. Or I'm going to tap into this and get a little bit curious for 10 minutes, even if it makes me feel uncomfortable. But guess what? The next 10 days here in Hawaii are going to feel and look a lot different because I learned to master my inner trigger and my emotion. Yeah. And that's the key. That's the key to life. Yeah. Well, and right I love there. that you gave that example because I was going to ask you, you know, like what are some examples of sitting with your emotions or sitting with your feelings? And really, you know, I love this this kind of analogy or I don't even know if it's an analogy. I guess it's kind of scientific where, you know, people say emotion is energy in motion. So you were kind of describing that a little bit in the beginning of just, you know, your your body has, when you're experiencing a feeling or it needs somewhere to go, it needs a place to exit. And so when, you know, that example of like the kid in the supermarket, it's like they're jumping around. Sure. It's maybe not the appropriate place or whatever, but kids are so beautiful to observe because you can see them just truly living their lives and doing, you know, what's best for them in every moment. But it's kind of that thing, you know, emotion is energy in motion. And so they are really good at releasing and, you know, moving it through. And, you know, obviously then we get older and we have experiences where it's like, okay, it's maybe not great to like outburst cry right now, you know, at work, you know, we're in different situations just because we don't want to make other people uncomfortable and things. And so I love then the example you gave of, okay, for you were just in Hawaii, you were experiencing anger. You, you said, Hey, I need a moment, went and took some time to yourself and then, you know, figured out where that came from. So what are some other, sorry, baby, I just want to add it because this seemed like an advanced suggestion at the time, but of course this is what we're doing. And I know that we're working with these people. So I left out that I felt the emotion. I met the 14 year old, right? And if you Mm -hmm. can't do that, that's okay. Okay. I just want to backtrack a little bit. If you're just feeling the feelings of anger, just 
sit with it for just a moment, just get curious, just start to feel into it. But then I took my hands and I placed them in the sand and I pushed down and I made kind of an ugly scrunch with my face and I like, like moved it. So (laughs) you said energy in motion. I left that part out. That was one of the first things that I did there, right? Because I knew that anger had to move up and out through my body for it to dissipate for me to go into that 14 year old version. So that's a really important part. I'm glad you brought up. And again, like you don't need to be a somatic therapist. Hell, you don't need to be anybody to know that when an emotion comes up, allowing yourself to move through it is so human and innate. You will know exactly what to do if you give yourself the space. So I didn't want to interrupt, but I think that's important. (laughs) Well, and so I guess what are some ways that we can, you know, sit with our emotions? Because if, you know, some of us aren't, you know, familiar with the inner child work, which is so beautiful. If you're not familiar, I'll try to do an episode at some point on that. My own experiences with inner child work, but you know, what are some ways that we can just experience our emotions? Like, okay, you feel anger, you feel sadness, or you feel, you know, anything that comes up, what are some ways that you can allow that to be expressed and be felt or just some tools? I love that. I have a beautiful resource that I'll share with your listeners and it's an emotional spectrum with frequencies. So shame and guilt. I always say, Game and Schilt. I always say that. <laughs> I just have to think of that. <laughs> oh man, I'm always all over the, the place with my words. So you're I'm speaking like, well, to the that power. Sexy. <laughs> they are at the bottom of this emotional spectrum, right? And and they take us into a really 3D consciousness. And by 3D consciousness, that's where we're in the state where we're so narrow focused and we can only see like one foot in front of the other. We can't even begin to expand and to take in the full abundance of life because we are fixated on the problem and we are feeling fully the emotions of shame and guilt. And it's a really low frequency and it often leads us into inaction. So for feelings like shame, guilt, anger, depression, hopelessness, those really low frequencies will often inact. They'll create blocks for us to not take action towards our desired goals, to even get out of bed at times, to go work out, right? Those are what keep us really paralyzed. So then the adverse of inaction is what? Action, right? And by action, I mean movement. So the best way to liberate shame is to to say it out loud, first of all, is to admit to somebody that you call trust and know name. yourself <laughs> and just call it by its name, right? And shame slay by just saying out loud what it is that you're shameful about. So that will automatically take that frequency and turn it up like 20 notches. Wow. And then, and then move, turn on some sexy music and dance with the intention of bringing that shame. Like you can literally visualize, okay, I feel so icky about this action that I took last night. It is eating me alive and I can feel it in my body and this consuming me. So take that shame, move your body with doors closed, windows shut, whatever you have to do, because it's not easy at first to get into your body. And I understand that whatever you can do to see that emotion in your body and move in a way that you think that your body wants to alchemize and move that out of you. Mm. That is your practice, anger, rage, hitting a pillow, pushing the wall. Like those are things that we're so terrified to do. And in fact, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, "Mm." (laughs) I don't know about the whole pillow thing. Go try it. That, that is like, that is yeah. the biggest signifier that you have to go and do it. Yeah. Maybe not like put holes delivered. in your wall, but go punch something, you know, like, I mean, if out. you need to put a hole, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. That's strong. <laughs> I Just don't do punch that. someone else. <laughs> no, no, no. These are healthy ways to alchemize and usually in the privacy at first of our own, of our own selves. Right. Yeah. Um, but then as we crawl up that ladder, you know, we get into things like we're, we get into those higher frequencies of like abundance and things. And those are the times that we actually want to sit and cultivate and anchor those emotions in the body. So that's when we become still. 
that's when you want to really like allow those big expressive and expansive emotions to take root in the body and not just move through them. We want to stop in the moment and allow those feelings to show a change of state in the body. Cause what we're doing there is teaching our body how to get in that state. Even before mm-hmm. we have the thing that we think is going to get us in that state, right? Like if you can take yourself to what I call a really vent- ventral moment, which is where our nervous system is really regulated, we're in perfect homeostasis. Maybe we're looking at a beautiful view or we're with a loved one. And if you've experienced this, which we all have, you could probably take yourself back to that state. That's one of those moments you want to marinate on and marinate in and allow yourself to root down into so you can show your body how beautiful it is to cultivate that state. Uh, this is just so cool just to to kind of hear you talk it through. And I would love to see the resource as well, because it's really reminding me. So, okay, last week, I'm going to tell you a story. And I feel like this is a good example. So I, and and this is a little bit, this feels shameful to share. Um, Mm. My experience, I went through some shame and guilt last week. I got a new car and, you know, I went to the, I'm not a a car person, by the way, I'm leasing too. So it's not like a huge deal, but I'm not a car person. That's one thing you want to know about me is like, I don't care about cars. I'm not like a showy, I don't own anything designer. Like I just don't really, and I don't judge you if you do. It's just not like where I put my money. But if I like make a lot of money one day, like I might. So I don't want you to hold that up to me. But I um, basically, so I went to go get a new car and I had to turn in my lease and I went in and I was like, okay, this is my car payment right now. And I don't want my car payment to increase at all. And so I kind of went in with like, like I'm a girl, I'm going to the car dealership. Like I was already feeling lots of like defensiveness. Like I wanted to, like I kind of went in there with my agenda and I didn't want to be screwed with. I didn't want anyone to persuade me. And I ended up working with, you know, a really nice guy and whatever, but I was, I had this moment. So we're, you know, working through my lease, filling out all the paperwork and whatever. And he runs my credit report and I don't have a bad credit score, but last year when I went into my business, by the time this episode goes out, it'll be like almost two years from when I started my business. But the second month into my business, I missed a car payment. And my credit score went down quite a bit from it. And it was, you know, I'm obviously not proud of that. I don't recommend anyone missing a car payment, but I was in a place where I was, you know, trying to build this business and I was, anyway, I had a lot of things come up in that month. But so one of the things that I experienced was, so I go into this, he pulls me into this room and they had some guy that does like your, um, basically like he, he, he like wanted some other guy to talk to me about like the credit report. Like, I don't know if they just like put you with someone else that like has this conversation with you. And I felt so much shame because he's like, you know, we, your car payment has to go up by like this much more money. And it was quite a bit more, like a lot more than what I was willing to pay for my car. And Mm -hmm. he's like, you know, your car payment's going up by this much. And you know, you missed a car payment. And he was like speaking to me, like my dad used to speak to me as a kid who you know, I'm an overachiever and a perfectionist because a lot of the the ways that I feel like I've been held in my life are like to be perfect and to not get into trouble. And I've got, you know, therapy and things that I've worked out through that. But I felt like, because at one point he's like, you never miss a car payment, you never miss a house payment. And that's what the guy was saying to me at the dealership. And I was like, so pissed at this guy, first of all, because I was like, I'm 28 years old. Like, you don't get to tell me like what, you know, I am doing right or wrong. Like I'm an adult. Like I know. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that was a low moment. You don't know me, but I didn't say that. But I felt tears welting up behind my eyes because I was mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, I can afford the payment. I just didn't want to. And I came in there with this like, you know, agenda. And then when that happened and the way he spoke to me, it was like an inner child in me was like feeling like I was being spoken to from my parents. 
And then I was feeling so much shame and I literally like was holding back tears so immensely, but like my eyes kept filling with water and then I kept trying to like, you know, bring it back. And you know, my Xander was with me, my partner. He's like, do you want to go outside and talk? And I was like, no, like I didn't want to because I knew I would outburst cry, which like that emotion, mm-hmm. it probably needed that. But I kind mm-hmm. of, you know, put it all back. And then like we had whatever. We were just like, OK, we're, we have to go forward anyway. And so I ended up signing some paperwork and I walked out of there and I just I my mood shifted. The guy I was working with, I just knew I became like it wasn't that I was being cold. I just didn't want to talk because I knew I was going to cry. And it was like, I needed to let this emotion go. And so I get in my new car and I'm driving home. And this was honestly the most perfect thing to happen. My phone dies and I didn't know where I was because I'm still new to my area. And so my phone's dead. I don't have my charger in my car because I just got a brand new car and didn't have any of my Mm -hmm. stuff with me. And I had to drive for a while by myself. And I literally sobbed so hard. Mm -hmm. And I just, I felt so much shame. And then I felt guilt for what happened and then I like remembered the stuff that happened when I was a kid and like why I was feeling this way. And then I was having, you know, it was like feeling that whole spectrum you were just kind of describing of like, I'm angry and mad. I remember just like hitting my wheel and then I screamed in my car, like so loud and it felt so good. And I did it like three times. I was like, <laughs> like just so mad. And then I, you know, I got home and then the funny part is I didn't have my, you know, keys and you know, Xander and I had to drive separate because, you know, he had, I got a new car. So he was in like the car that we drove there and he had to stop at the store. So I had to sit in my driveway. I couldn't even get into my house because I didn't bring my house keys and I was sitting there and I was just like crying. And then it was like that. I think I must have gone up on the spectrum where all of a sudden I was feeling like, okay, like, you know what? I'm thankful that I like can afford this. It's not the end of the world. Like things could be worse you know, and I just started to like have the moments of like, I'm grateful that like I'm in this car right now. And then when Xander got home, I just like completely let go and cried and told him, I was like, I'm so ashamed. I'm so embarrassed. Like that was so mean that like the way the guy spoke to me and I'm just so ashamed of myself. And like, it has nothing to do with the car. Like, I'm just like so mad that that happened. And like, and like, I was telling him everything I'm telling you now and like, you know, greater detail of the emotion that I was feeling. But what you said about when you name your emotion, when you basically call forward like what it is you're experiencing. Cause I remember saying, I feel embarrassed and I feel ashamed and I'm guilty. And I said all those words. And I think I said I was frustrated. And so it really did change the frequency because after that I was like, okay, whew, I feel a little bit better now. And, you know, and so whatever I channeled that into something different, I went and I worked and I like went and sat and like did my finances and I just like channeled the energy. And I was like, you know what? I'm grateful. I'm thankful and whatever it is what it is. But it's so cool to know that there is a spectrum of a frequency that we can understand how to switch those things and how to work with those. And yeah, I'm just really, I just think it's so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> first of all, thank you for sharing that because wow, babe, am I, do I love this for you, by the way, like of the way that you navigated this and something that, you know, we can take away from this is we take the emotion, we pin it right back on ourselves, right? Like we punch ourselves in the gut over and over. So he was the trigger and the reflection of a part of you that was unprocessed. And he was the catalyst to bring up this emotion. Sure. But that emotion already resided within you. And the truth was, is that you felt shameful because you were embarrassed. He didn't actually do anything, right? He ignited it and reminded and brought up that filing, right? Like if our, if we're a filing cabinet, like he took out that file and opened it and you're like, wait, I wasn't ready for that. What are you doing opening my stuff? Right. But like, really all these people around us just reflect to us the trauma in which we haven't yet resolved. And in that moment, he was showing you this piece and this part of you that as a child took this truth that there is something for you to be 
shamed and guilt about when you don't show up perfectly and do things on time that rooted in your body and you've watered it as an adult. And at 28 years old, this truth that you took on of somebody else's that you have to be perfect and show up in this way has become a truth for you. Mm-hmm. And when someone mirrors that to us and we haven't processed it in a while, it does come up in a convulsive way of like, ah, the world, the sky is falling, right? Because along the way we haven't tended to and resolved and alchemized that emotion, but of course not because we're not taught to. And so what you had was a really big experience of a lot of different times in your life in which you were experiencing guilt and shame for yourself come up in a moment in, in a time and place where you had the capacity to hold it. Yeah, You haven't always been able to have this um, capacity to allow yourself to cry and have a big cry and big ugly cry and, and punch the steering wheel and then go inside and then also alchemize it towards like, okay, well, I'm also going to do something about this. Let's pull up the budget mm-hmm. sheets. Let's figure out how to never make this happen again. Right. And you mm-hmm. did channel it, like you said, but you were in a container for that even the day before you walked into that car dealership. So just what an acknowledgement that things come up exactly when they are ready to be liberated and handled. And I have a lot of clients that are like, Brittany, I'm scared to do your breath work. I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know what's going to (laughs) come up. What am I going to be reminded of? And I'm like, baby girl, you are a container for this emotion every single day. It drives your life subconsciously every moment. You walk with it like baggage every single day. Don't you think you're the same container that's going to be the one to liberate it? Yeah. Right. Like if you through. can hold it, you can certainly handle the liberation of it. And that and the other side of it, which is lightness, ease, and bliss and liber- like truly, truly, truly. And so what a beautiful yeah. story. And so I, I could go so deep, but I'm just gonna stop there because we're running out of time. But yeah, babe, just honor you and see you in that and think it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's so true too. I think so many people are afraid. And if you're listening and you're afraid of stepping into some sort of work. I get this too from people. They'll be like, I'm afraid to do human design reading. And I'm like, I'm not going to you know, tell you anything that crazy. I'm, I'm going to tell you everything about yourself that you already know. I don't tell you anything new. It's a reminder and you have to unbecome all these other things that are holding you back to step into that version. And so I love what you're saying because it's like, we have the tools inside of us. And a, a lot of times it just takes that you know awareness and then the discomfort of you know, being, stepping into it and really just experiencing what you've already been holding for so long, but letting it alchemize and move through you and then to just get on the other side. And it's, it can be complicated, but it's also really simple. It's not, you know, the most crazy thing in the world, but so the work that you're doing is just so needed. And so what are ways that people, you know, can work with you? And then I want to move into, you know, five questions for you, but what are ways that people can work with you um, if you're doing one-on-one work group, kind of tell us everything where we can find you. Yeah, my my main offer is a one-on-one container. It's three or six months. The three months is kind of newer. It's for those women who are ready to just kick it into gear and are really super dedicated and have the time and energy to invest in their transformation. But that eight, that six-week, excuse me, that six-month container is a little bit more slow-paced. We really meet your system where it's at. It's for our beginners. It's for the moms. It's for the people that would love to take it over a little bit longer course. But it, it's really what I've said. We, we meet you where you're at. We bring awareness to the subconscious part of, of you that are driving your life that you're completely unaware of. And then we get to that healing, that beautiful integration where we take this awareness and then we integrate it into the body. And my goal for every woman that steps in my container is that you leave feeling different on a cellular level. 
I don't want you to think different thoughts. I don't want you to have a new cool morning routine that lasts for six weeks. I want you to feel different in your body because that is what I experienced. I want you to feel peace and presence. And I want your resting position to not be that of anxiety and overwhelm and stress, but of peace of abundance and liberation in your body. So my one-on-one container is my most powerful container because I have put so much time and effort into cultivating and creating the most potent container for women. And I have my first male client. So I am taking male clients as well. Mm-hmm. And then aside from that, I have fun breathwork packages right now. I'm running an offer, which I think this will still be valid. At least I'll let it be valid for your listeners, Okay, awesome. <laughs> which is a four breathwork sa- sessions for $333, which is amazing because one breathwork session is 250 with me. So you basically get four for the price of one and a half, which is really beautiful. Uh-huh. Four is the magic number that I have found in breathwork to really liberate. We've helped with addictions, traumas, all of these relationships. We've saved so many things through four breathwork sessions because those first two is really allowing the body to get used to the breath. And the other two is really allowing ourselves to drop in. Um, I have a group container that will launch at the beginning of 2023 for eight women called Emerge. And that's really about, again, stepping into view, getting out of your own way and allowing your authentic expression to be shown and in your confidence. So lots of fun ways to work with me. You can find them all on my website, divineyourlife.co or Instagram at Brittley Ann. Yeah. And guys, seriously, I mean, look into working with Brittley because even the small breathwork session that I had with you at that one day retreat, it probably wasn't even an hour. It was maybe 30, 30, 40 minutes max. And I felt like a new person and I mm-hmm. feel like I need to do those sessions with you. And have that, you know, container because I feel like there's so much that I even need to release on my own. And so, yeah, guys, look into that because Britley will change your life. And so on that, Britley, let's talk about a few fun things to end the conversation. Um, so I'm going to ask you just a few questions that I ask everyone. And so the first one is, you know, what is your, uh, what is something that you're actually looking to manifest right now in your career or your life? So by the time this podcast launches, I will have already announced this to the world. I haven't fully said it, but I'm moving to Hawaii in August with my best friend and I could not be happier. I know. Oh my gosh. Cause you just moved to Austin like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But you're from there and I didn't know that. So, you know, makes sense. I'm from here. I'm going to find, or God's going to find someone to sublease my apartment and I'm going to go fly away and be an island girl for a few months with my best friend because- I'm 27 and I can, and I've already cultivated the feeling inside of me that I know I'm not chasing. I'm not going to find myself or complete myself. Like I feel so complete and whole that I just want to go and gift that to myself to be in this beautiful energy and environment and humbled by just the bare necessities and just really allow myself to be. So manifesting like the the sexy apartment there, the sublease here, and just like all the clients that I get to help along the way. That's my manifestation. I bring some energy to that and to you. And I've never been to Hawaii. So because you and I are like talking about how I need to go to Austin and we need to do stuff together, which, you know, maybe we still can before we move, but let's go to Hawaii and, you know, have a retreat in Hawaii, babe. Yeah. Design and breath work. Are you kidding me? Somatic work. Oh my goodness. Done. Okay. So speaking of human design, I usually ask people, you know, what's something about your human design that you either love or a question that you have about your human design. You can use either, either way. If you had something that you want to know about, or if there's something that you're like, oh my gosh, I love being, you know, this, or I love, love this gate or this channel or. 
Well, I feel so spoiled because I just had you on my podcast and we dove deep into my <laughs> human design. So I'll answer the part that I love question, which is also the same thing that I disliked about myself the most. And now I love. So I think that's super fun for people to take away. Yeah, I was very frustrated at the fact that I couldn't pick a direction and run in it. Like two years ago, if I moved to Austin and then I wanted to move to Hawaii, I was like, what is wrong with me? Seriously. Like, why can't I sit freaking still? Why am I never happy? Why am I such a busy body? And now I'm like, this is like the juiciest, most beautiful part of me that I can pivot and move and still be completely in integrity and in my body along the way. Like I can throw me in Hawaii in the ocean and I'm the same Britley as if you throw me in the heat of the summer in Austin, Texas, or I'm at the mountaintop in Denver. Like I get to ebb and flow and try everything on size. I'm multi-passionate. I will always do the breath work and the somatic healing and the masterminds and the retreats. Like I will always step into big containers where I'm able to hold impact. Like that is my superpower. Yes. And the fact that I have the energy to do all of these things is fucking epic, right? To yes. where my life I was frustrated. So I love that about myself. I love that about being a man gen. I love that I can pivot quick move, learn and shift whenever the heck I want, because I trust myself now in a way that I didn't back then. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. And anyone listening, that's a manifesting generator. I want you to take what she just said and loop that (laughs) over and over because you all need the permission to pivot and do all the things that you want to do. You were multi-passionate for a reason. So allow yourself to be that. And exactly what you just said, all the frustration that you were building up was because you were trying to be on one path and do it the perfect way. And, you know, manifesting generators, like you have to pivot, you have to do all the things and be curious. And like you said, you are the same Brantley, whether you're in, you know, the heat of Austin on a mountain in Denver or on the beach in Hawaii. And so I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, My next question is what is your favorite self-care ritual or hack? So my non-negotiable is waking up to 15 minutes of silent meditation every single day. If that sounds like an edge to you, start guided. But before I reach for my phone, I caress my body a little bit because she's sexy and I want to let her know that she's the priority of my day and that there's nothing beyond her that I need, that I'm grateful, that I love her and I'm showing her how I desire to be loved, right? So when I have the partner one day that's going to wake me up with soft kisses on my shoulder, it's because she's first and and she completes me and then I get into meditation And I fall into a meditation to balance my masculine and feminine. So I allow myself to visualize myself almost like a vase of this beautiful water, right? And I am like this strong container that sets strong boundaries and that can hold herself in her workday and can create clarity around what she's going to do today, but also allow myself to flow and move in the ways that feel good to me. So meditation is important. And then something new that I'll just throw in here that I've added is I've created a voice note for myself. Hey, baby girl it's whatever you're a 20k a month somatic coach you live in the beach of hawaii in your dream fishbowl apartment that's on the beach and overlooks the water you can see all the hot surfers out of your kitchen window and you cook nourishing meals like i'm just speaking into life the vision that's really really close that i'm stepping into and getting into that energy every day and that's been really fun to play with so i want to throw that one in there for anyone who's looking Love for that. like a really tangible way to like get into the energy of what they're cultivating now do you just voice know as you're walking or do you like sit down and do it or do you look in the mirror and like look into your eyes or is there a certain way that you do that because I'm Ooh, totally I love it. the mirror. So this is a voice note that I've recorded. So it's like one that I pre-record that I play over and over and over and over. So it's not a new one. Oh, so you just listen to it and so you're hearing yeah, yourself saying you're like yes, yes. energy. I love that yeah. because I do. So actually the retreat that we were at um 
So Lauren, she had this amazing playlist of these like mantra affirmation songs. And I've been listening to them every morning. And one's called, um, there's two actually that I love. One's like healing is not my purpose. And the other one's called yay's, yay's coins. And I basically will, it's like kind of like the same thing where I listen to it. And I'm like the way that goes like, um, more money, no problem. Like it, it basically says that, that. And I'll like start saying that in my head. And the other one's like, healing is not my purpose. Like, and it goes mm. on to say, like, I'm meant to experience joy and live and be human. And I always need those Perfect. reminders. So it's like, I love that. I think I'm going to do the same thing. I'm a voice journaler. That's been my number one thing forever. But I'm going to start playing one back to me of my dream life because I need to start, you know, getting that. I visualize it every day on Pinterest, but now I need to start saying it. Powerful. And hearing yourself in your own voice too. It's really yeah. powerful. Also like those mantras because I love those. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I will. I, I put them okay. into my own playlist too. <laughs> like oh, obsessed. Beautiful. Every Fun. single morning, every single day when I run, it like Xander, every it. time we're in the car, he's like, are, he's like, are you going to put on your weird like mantra things again? And I'm You're like, like absolutely, yes, baby. you need to say it too. Sing. <laughs> but they're usually like very feminine focused. But so finally, then what is your favorite quote. I'm a big quote girl. What do you, what do you love? What do you live by? Okay. Two come straight to mind. I'm going to let you pick. Do you want love or serious lesson, life lesson? I want both. <laughs> Tell me both. Okay. My favorite love quote. And it says silly, but it says after all this time, the sun never says to the moon, you owe me. And look at what happens with a love like that. It lights up the whole sky. And I just like uh, get chills because it's like, gosh, just an unconditional love. It's so good. Yeah. And then uh, second one, and I want to make sure I don't butcher this, but it's, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chattered all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow and never a word said she, but oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me, which is just like yeah. such a beautiful reminder that it is our pain that creates the growth and the resistance that creates the evolution and the hard times that creates the wisdom. And if we can lean into those seasons of life that feel really crunchy and trust me, I've had so many of them. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't trade them for the world. If I didn't have an eating disorder, I couldn't possibly lead women home to their truth today. If I didn't break off the, the relationship in the house and the golden retriever puppy that I loved and broke my whole heart in half, there's no way I would have got to Denver and met the woman that I did and the friendships that I did and instilled in me the trust that I have to circle this globe a million times over with myself. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't change it for anything. And I, I just hope wherever you are, whatever season you're in, whatever feels hard, you lean into it because that is going to be your biggest catalyst to the woman or man that you are becoming. So beautiful, Brittley. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your heart and your compassion. You're so beautiful inside and out. And um, if you are listening to this, go follow Britley. I mean, she's just gorgeous. She's radiant. And so go follow her, book a session with her, get to know her a little bit more. And um, yeah, we're just so thankful that you're here. And I can't wait to experience more with you and, and maybe do a retreat one day and all the fun stuff. So thank you. Thank you, my love. So, so much. If this episode has energized you, I ask you to share it or to send it to someone where it can make a big difference in their life. And please tag me with your shares, something you learned from this episode or that you love from it. I'm at the design of you on Instagram. Also, please DM with questions or feedback or whatever. I love to stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for your support. 
and consider subscribing to this podcast and leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow together. Thank you. And I love you oh so, so much. See you soon.